Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to season three of Invest in Yourself, the Digital Entrepreneur Podcast. I'm, of course, Phil Better, and this season is presented to you by Unicorn Incubator. Unicorn is the largest rural incubator accelerator of its kind in the world. Located in southwestern France, its mission is to give entrepreneurs and their families their lives back while helping them build game-changing technology startups. Startups in the company are provided with a complete ecosystem for success, with direct access to proven funding sources, top-notch legal and accounting representation, access to the world's most generous business incentives, and most importantly, a dedicated sales and marketing accelerator that will put a startup's product or service on the fast track to success. Welcome back to Invest in Yourself, the Digital Entrepreneur Podcast. I am, of course, your host with the most Phil Better. And today we're investing in Nicholas uh, Putin, the creator of Load. So uh, Load serves users with a pragmatic method to transact with borderless, low-cost, stable mediums of exchange, providing an easy on-ramp to other blockchain as- assets, as well as instant conversions to local fiat currencies like the US dollar and the European Union so many more uh we get to talking about how load uh we're talking about load and how he came up with the idea of a blockchain powered payment ecosystem providing investors with stability digital currencies backed by gold and silver um as some of you know i uh have uh being an admin to a group of investors in both the stock market and in crypto so this was a really great conversation to have um he also shares an example where the blockchain and crypto industry is headed next and why he believes the cryptocurrency future is an asset backed i.e collateralizing by a specific pool of underlying assets and what's coming up next for them uh guys check out lord's web uh, loads website down below in the show notes as well as if you want to join that investment uh podcast information uh newsletter as well as in the show notes uh but a little bit about nick uh he has nearly a decade of experience in the tech sector and half a decade in the blockchain industry uh, nicholas is an expert in driving project growth using his unique leadership style and vision he cultivates seamless paths to create value and transcends goals a firm believer that diversity is strength nicholas has worked in a wide variety of industries ranging from cybersecurity, gaming real estate entertainment and blockchain uh guys i was so happy to talk with nicholas so let's go ahead and invest in this conversation nick thank you for being on investing yourself the digital entrepreneur podcast uh tell my audience just a little quick about you well first and foremost phil let me say thank you for having me on the show it's an absolute pleasure to be here uh as he just said, my name is Nick. I am the COO of the Load Project. Uh, I have been working in the tech industry for about a decade now uh, and in the blockchain space since about 2016 or so. Um, Load specifically is uh, unique in the world of cryptocurrencies um, as it is uh, what we'd like to call a stable coin. So what we do is we take gold and silver real physical assets and we tokenize them and put them onto the blockchain as a stabilized currency for people to use uh, speculatively on, on cryptocurrency exchanges, but also as actual monetary vehicles, uh, mediums of exchange, so you can buy your groceries, et cetera, et cetera, with them. So that in a nutshell is, is uh, what my project is all about. I love that because I do see it probably moving towards, if it's going to be massively accepted by the world, it has, crypto has to be 
connected to something if it's going to be the next form of currency. Yeah, I, I mean, I'm, <laughs> first and foremost, everybody in our group is going to agree with you hands down. But, <laughs> um, you know, there, there are several reasons and several things that need to take place before a true adoption will, will, will ever really happen. The reality is, is Bitcoin is a great store of value uh, and, you know, a, presently a great vehicle for wealth generation. And I think everybody should hold a little bit. And if you follow your nose and follow the money, uh, all the big dogs are, are getting in there. So, you know, there's still room in the ocean for you to swim. So get in now. Um, hashtag not a financial advisor, but, um, <laughs> of course, no financial advice, just opinions. Yeah. Just, just opinions here. But, um, that, that being said, it's a terrible currency, which is ironic because of the moniker cryptocurrency, but nobody wants to sound around for 10 minutes, five minutes, even three minutes waiting for a transaction to process. And something like Bitcoin in most uh, speculative cryptocurrencies have this volatility that is great. If you're a trader, uh, as you can get those, you know, those thousands, those hundreds of percentage points in terms of gains, but uh, it's terrible if you're somebody who's trying to conduct trade and commerce, right? Um, how are you supposed to price your, how are you supposed to price your goods and services when this thing is perpetually fluctuating? My coffee all of a sudden goes to a hundred dollars, you know, mm -hmm. uh, and unless you've got your eye on the ball or some fancy, uh, you know, widget or algorithm that's constantly adjusting your prices, um, you know, you could be potentially in a deficit and, uh, and you guys get the idea where I'm going with this. Yeah. It's, yeah, it's, it's like, how do you, how will it be adopted? Like, how can we make this universally understood? Like one Bitcoin equals what? So, yeah. Yeah. And the other thing is as well is, um, you know, it needs to be easy. It needs to be seamless and painless to use right now. We're still at this stage where people are like, what is a blockchain? How does a blockchain work? You know? Uh, when grandma goes to the grocery store, she just taps her card. She doesn't need to think about the underpinnings of credit card technology. She just goes and taps and she's done, right? Mm -hmm. And until we reach that that point of seamlessness, there's still going to be friction in, in the adoption. And that's part of what I've been tackling as COO of this project over the past few years. Um, like many startups and many projects, you know, I wear many hats. Uh, I'm a little bit of a Swiss army knife, so to speak. But that to me is one of the big, uh, blockers in the market right now. And the third thing is, as of course you said, that um, people um, want, I think, largely to have their, their money have inherent value. Most money that we hold today it depreciates because it's backed by essentially debt, right? And, and because of that, you know, it's like a, a frog boiling in water to use that metaphor, you know, uh, what used to cost me a dollar now cost me $2 and sure the cost of goods have risen, but inflation plays a huge role in that. So if you just have money sitting in a bank, you're losing it year over year over year, but at the same time, it's not necessarily smart to throw it all into, um, into something like uh, like Bitcoin either because of that wild price fluctuation versus gold and silver, which are traditionally safe haven assets and have actually had a history as money for you know thousands of years. Mm -hmm. You know most of mankind's history and pretty much across the board we've used I gold and silver at one point. We the only time we got off it was when the U.S. decided that their dollar was no longer regulated by the the, the amount of gold they have in their reserve. I think once they went off that, that's when. Yeah, it was, I think in 1971 was when, when that actually happened. And yeah. um, as a byproduct, you know, circa 2021, you guys have lost, uh, I'm Canadian. So I say you guys. Same but, here, same here. Oh, there we Montreal, go. Montreal, so yeah, we have a lot of Canadians <laughs> so, this season, so I'm glad. 
that's that's hilarious um that being said you know canada's canada's not that much different but the u.s dollar especially has lost 90 percent of its purchasing power over the past hundred years that's colossal if you said hey hold on to this put it in your bank account and in 100 years you'll have less money than you started with or the purchasing power of less money than you started with you know people would be like hell no but it happens so slowly that we don't notice it so really um, we need better money as people in our day-to-day lives as business owners, as individuals. And, and that at its core is kind of what load is really all about when you get down to it. I love it. I yeah. love it. We've got a whole financial, uh, educational situation going on and the future all wrapped in one. I love it. And found out you're Canadian. I didn't know that either. I didn't see that in the, uh, in, in the intro. So that was great. I love that. What part of uh, Canada are you from? If you don't, mind I'm asking. in beautiful British Columbia, my friend. The, uh, yeah, I'm in a I'm in a great little town known as Kelowna. Um, you know, a couple, yeah, two hundred thousand people or so. Fun fact: most people don't know this, but back in the '90s, a little company called Club Penguin got bought out by Disney, and that and, and that was founded right here in Kelowna. You know, flash forward uh, a couple decades, and now we have a booming tech scene here, over five hundred tech startups in the area. Um, so it's like our, it's like Canada's own little Silicon Valley in a way, but it's, but it's wet. It's a well-kept secret. People just come here for the boats and the wine. (laughs) (laughs) It's only the youth know the real secret, the the underground, the youths, youths. you know, (laughs) the same thing happened, uh, over in New Brunswick, uh, when, uh, with Rim and Blackberry, they started a tech revolution there, but it's such a small, like town coastal communities. Yeah. They keep the, they keep everything like not hush hush but it's like it's just relax no one's like in toronto or montreal busy 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 so exactly. i like that i love the yeah. coastal towns they're just so relaxed you got the ocean right there yeah big fan of the coast myself although again spent a lot of time in vancouver back in my in my youths <laughs> your youths um so what is the difference between a cryptocurrency and blockchain because a lot of people as you know they don't have education now i I kind of know a bit, but I would like a more detailed since you're in the industry. What's the difference between cryptocurrency and blockchain? Yeah, for sure. So uh, cryptocurrency is a use case of blockchain. Blockchain is the technology that largely underpins a cryptocurrency. Uh, A blockchain is essentially like a virtual handshake where rather than having two uh, middlemen play intermediaries to validate that a transaction has occurred, this algorithm this this computer algorithm uses a consensus magnet uh, mechanism uh to to perform that handshake on your behalf and once this handshake is agreed upon and uh the network you know reaches that consensus um the blocks uh, of information become immutable right they become unmodifiable it, it's a training that only moves forward it's a lego structure that you cannot take apart right um I'm I'm just slinging metaphors like I love it but no it helps understand like because like it's probably a lot more complicated than you're actually explaining it like going down into the actual building of the blockchain and the cryptocurrency there's a lot probably more science into it but for the general public to understand it's a blockchain makes that connection to the next individual and it never breaks it's in the chain of blocks if you will the name is pretty simple another way to look at it is is um is from an industry standpoint so anywhere where a ledger is a core piece of um where where proper documentation and whether that's recording transaction or something like medical 
uh, records or land title ownership. Uh, we're seeing a rise now in non-fungible tokens. I was um, going to ask about the NFTs and blockchain as well. How does yeah. that work? So we'll get to that a bit later. Yeah. Glad right. So it, again, it's, it's, it's proving things like proof of ownership. It's verifying, uh, you know, who the present holder of a certain asset is. It's, um, you know, any, as I said, any industry that has a ledger at its core as part of their best practices is likely going to benefit from a blockchain, right? This is why we're seeing the emergence of um, blockchain being used for things like visual identity, especially in places where there are lots of unbanked people, because people don't have an immutable form of uh, identification if you're in a developing nation a lot of times, right? And so this technology can be used to say, yes, this is 100% certifiable, you are this person, because you've entered this information was entered at this trusted source um, by you, and it is immutable. It is un, you know, screw upable, <laughs> you know. Um, and when I'm talking to backpedal a little bit, this consensus algorithm is held across not one computer, right? It's not just one uh, computer, uh, like off in somebody's corporate office. In a public, in the circumstance of a public blockchain, it's distributed across tens of thousands of computers all over the world. Um, I can dive deeper. No, <laughs> I, dive deeper. I, I, I like no, it because, stop. no, no, I like it because now that you're saying it, like my, we're, we're probably in the same generation. We're considered millennials or zennials or elder uh, millennials, yeah. elder, whatever you want to call us. We're, we're in our mid thirties to forties. And we're in this generation that grew up having to adopt and like understand the internet as because we had to explain it to our boomer our older generation our parents because they're like well you know this stuff you grew up with it it's like no i'm adopting it as quickly as you are right but versus like, the get kids, good yeah <laughs> versus the kids who have like fully been born into it and like get to use it straight off the bat the best version of it so like trying to understand what blockchain can solve so many problems because i'm thinking about you know if i have a blockchain on my phone think about passport driver license healthcare in canada yeah. just in canada it's now on my phone as a blockchain and it's boom it could it has the capacity to completely revolutionize the way we vote for example like the applications are are huge like we could move into a very direct democracy um that removes a lot of the friction points that that um that we presently face in our first past the post system you know in, mm -hmm. in canada and in the united states as well now that's that's a bit of a pipe dream uh but but i can dream but i'm i'm trying to paint a picture here of just how far we can go beyond just you know lambos and moon coins right yeah. i know i feel i love it because i fully believe this takes out the because i always believe like prove it to me and i'll believe you this is like well, you can say you're John Smith, but like we have yeah. documents. Now you have like passports. We're like, okay, but we know passports can be forged. So, right. so how can we make it even more secure? Block, we've seen blockchain thanks to the invention of Bitcoin, if you will, because yeah. blockchain was around, but Bitcoin brought it into the forefront. Yeah, it, and then other people who've never heard of blockchains are now looking, oh, how can we use this for our business our business or, or make other our lives easier because personally i want my life as efficient as possible like i kind of love what amazon did with their walk-in walk-out uh grocery store i do you know, yeah it's like it's click, dangerous it's dangerous yeah it's because you're like <laughs> okay my budget is this but you know like it's hopefully like we can learn to do something like set up regulatory things and like 
now that you can order as well with Uber and stuff like that. So well, it goes back to what I was talking about earlier, that convenience factor, right? Uh, and convenience wins hands down every time anybody that says otherwise is uh, full of it. And I know this because we're now backpedaling on big tech to fight back for some of our rights because we so willingly glossed over them because it wasn't convenient for us to read the terms of service or for us to uh, not use these technologies. So we said, screw it. And now, mm -hmm. you know, consumers have paid the price for that. Um, you know, and, and, you know, that being said, I, I still invest in technology. I still believe in technology as a way to bring value to people's life, but it just paints the picture of just how powerful something being easy to use and um, convenient to use um, is right. Yeah. And so when blockchain hits that stride, uh, it's going to be unstoppable. And I think we, I mean, if you were around in the 2017 boom, you know, that the user experience for most programs was like running into a brick wall. It was terrible. It's, um, it's, some of them still are. And you're wondering why are you not upgrading? Like tech doesn't cost as much to, you know, like sooner or later, someone's going to figure out how to replicate YouTube and make just as much money as YouTube and Google and all that. It's just a matter of time. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's, uh, and I mean, there are lots of arenas of where, where blockchain is trying to play disruptor. Social media is kind of not the best use case for a blockchain. Uh, there are blockchains comparatively to what the speeds that social media and like things like YouTube need to operate at. Blockchain is like a very slow, heavy database comparatively. It's not yeah, your ideal because the technology for it is still in its infancy and it's still in its infancy. 10, 20 years ago, YouTube was a pipe dream. Yeah. And now look where it is today. It's like part of Google, which runs the internet, if you will. So now, now I, uh, now I can't go one minute without getting another advertisement. <laughs> yeah. Right. It's like, ah, oh, another one. Yay. Fun times. Yeah. Uh, I find, uh, sorry, go ahead with your question. No, no, no. Anyway. I, I'd rather hear your, your, what you were going to say on it. Uh, I find like, I find like technology goes in circles, right? Like uh, sometimes like I find, um, for example, we, there was a whole cable television stage of the journey, right? And so the internet came out and then, you know, YouTube came along and started producing its own content and there were no ads and it was totally free and they were monetizing people. And then, you know, uh, the more streaming came online and, and then it was movies that you could watch online and you no longer had to wait for advertisements whatsoever. And then came the Netflixes of the world. And, you know, now we're kind of circling back where everybody's got everybody and their grandma's got a streaming network that I've got to pay seven bucks a month for. And, you know, if you're on something like Amazon, I'm still getting advertising. YouTube is now like demonetizing platforms and trying to maximize the amount of profits. And every time you kind of reach this point of consolid power consolidation, um, something happens. This friction causes innovation and we, we innovate and we create new things that are going to allow us to circumvent all the inconveniences that we that we presently experience in the market. And so I think blockchain is is part of that in a way to tie it back into what we were talking about before. Uh, you know, we uh, you're talking about when Bitcoin came out, it was largely speculated that it was a sort of a critical response of the 2008 financial crisis. Yep. And um, and that was due to the recognition that our money is largely very, very bad. Uh, it is controlled by a very small body of people who have like total control over supply. Um, there's nothing inherently value uh, backing it. And while yes, we do live in developed nations and we kind of have this 
the privileged confidence of thinking, oh, well, you know, what happened in Venezuela will never happen to us. But I think if anything in the past four years, the United States has shown us is that anything is possible. Yeah, like they said nothing like what happened in Venezuela and the dollar dropping. But then you have this situation in 2008 with that housing crisis. It's like, no, it can happen. It just happens differently. Yeah. Uh, and so, yeah, no, ha- I... I mean, like it happens differently, but it's a ticking time bomb, right? Like um, the more money they print into circulation, the more devaluation of your dollar is going to take place, bottom line, right? And and there's no limit on that, right? The stimulus packages that are coming out right now, like, don't get me wrong, I want a roof over everyone's head and I want everybody fed and secure. But I would feel a lot better about it knowing that the money that everybody was getting was actually backed by something that had inherent value, right? Mm-hmm. Gold and silver, like silver especially is like the second biggest, com- one of the biggest commodities in the world. I think it's the second biggest one. And it's in almost all modern electronics. It's in Tesla's, it's in the computers, the headphones, the microphones that we're talking on now. So there's like a floor that this, that, 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 you know, these assets will go to because they're somewhat essential, you know? Yeah. I fully agree. And I love, I love, not only did we tie in how blockchain can help, uh, change the world but also how it's technology is changing and innovating like 2020 created another boom i feel in the entrepreneur world and sparred so many things because i've seen because i've been in the podcasting world for about six years now and i've seen it evolve and in 2020 i saw it explode again and the amount of the amount of technology that we can use to take it to the next level and people bring their expertise in it's amazing so well it's um, like pressure pressure creates diamonds to use an analogy right and we enter these stages of crisis in the world um that are kind of like arms races against whatever crisis we're facing right and like the actual cold war um you know that was another great leap forward in terms of technology and Mm -hmm. and really um I, and this is, I'm putting my tinfoil hat here for a minute, but uh, in my sort of crazy worldview, I look at it like, um, I look at it like there is an inherent law of evolution in nature, right? Uh, everything, it's adapt or die. Everything is in a constant state of change. Nothing stays the same forever. And whether that's your business and, or, you know, uh, even the state of the world and society around us, everything is a constant state of flux. So, you this this state of innovation is always constant and tech uh, accelerates accelerates that and so you know understanding that truth allows uh, I think entrepreneurs to be more nimble in this time and to adapt faster. It's challenging, but it's uh, it's an important it's a really really important thing to understand that um, that the that the goalpost is always moving so to speak, right. You should never get too comfortable in whatever occupation you're in. I love it. I, I simply love it. Um, because I agree fully with it. Like thanks to technology being so cheap and people have already like big companies have made the way. Now you just have to follow and make it better and yeah. start small and just slowly grow and grow. And you will, if you you're passionate about the thing, like you are with blockchain, you see a value in it and you you're working towards a, a better uh, form of it. Yeah, I will say though, it's it's been a slog, right? Like I don't want to paint the picture of sun like you know, <laughs> entrepreneur. No, entrepreneurship is a minimum of a five year plus deal of life. You know, you'll get your wins, but you'll also get slapped on the butt. You know, fall yeah. down. 
Yeah, I mean, like in blockchain, especially as an industry that is still really just emerging. And, uh, you know, the past five years, a lot of new regulation has been slapped down, repealed, slapped down again, you'd wake up, oh, we're banned, oh, you go to sleep, no, we're good. You know, regulators, you know, if you've ever seen them try to have interviews with um, on on when they're trying to like grill Facebook and stuff like that, they like they, they can barely comprehend how the internet works. Yeah. Uh, and then you're trying to like throw a blockchain on them and they, it, you know, it's a real struggle for them. And so this is the kind of environment that we've had to fight through to bring this to people in a safe and compliant manner over the past four years. And um, we've done a lot of the work, so you don't have to. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. You're blazing the way for when it eventually does hit that critical mass of spilling out into the the rest of society you're starting it started with crypto and then people are like more understanding of blockchain so the people who actually those one percenters you know realize that the uh blockchain is the next goal are going to fund creating a better blockchain if you will understanding it for the public masses yeah i mean and and again like this isn't the first blockchain project i've been a part of just like any other tech space like you know most startups fail uh, fail fast as they say as the analogy goes and um i think i think on some maybe like subconscious level a lot of us have this really innate desire or belief that when we start an entrepreneurial journey that we're just like gonna go viral it's gonna go viral it's gonna hit it big and you know and, and we'll go to the moon and all that you know but like again I, every time you see somebody go viral quote unquote one of two things are are actually happening one they're coming from extremely privileged circumstance, ergo Kylie Jenner, Elon Musk, doesn't matter what they do, they fart and everybody's buying into it, you know, um, <laughs> because they because they already have a critical mass and audience following them. So it's much easier for them to to launch products to get adoption or, or, or two, you've actually been working at this, as you said, for like three, four, five years. And then you finally reach the tipping point and you blow up and, and news spins you as sort of an overnight success. But really there's all of this journey that is taking place prior to that, that I think people sometimes forget about when they're starting their entrepreneurial journey. That said, I'm not a fan of uh, what I like to call struggle porn. Um, struggle porn is this sort of concept in the entrepreneurial uh, world right now where like you always gotta be hustling okay. every time every day, like the Gary V's of the world, like, you know, just post 10 billion things on Instagram. Just, you just got to do it. You know, it's going to be tough, you know, and you're never giving yourself time to decompress, right? Your executive headspace is going to absolutely collapse if you don't um, take, give yourself permission to rest, right? That work-life balance is, is just as important as crushing it on the daily in your occupation. And so I, I to any entrepreneurs out there listening, I, like take that to heart. You know? No, I fully, uh, I fully agree with you. Uh, you also have to like forgive yourself if you do take those like two days off and be like, okay, I needed that to die. Cause I think with us recording ourselves 24 seven or having access to people through social media and that people don't see when you're taking it down, like a pause, you know, like Gary V has a team behind him. He's not doing it all himself. So you, right. can, you can learn to use the tools to build up to that. You don't have to post 10 billion things in one day. He has people doing it for him. He does do some of his stuff himself, but he's not posting a thousand times on Twitter in a day as well as Instagram. Like, well, that's, and you brought up a great point there as well, right? Like no man is an island, right? Mm -hmm. uh, it, 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 this idea of the self-made man, I think is a fallacy that we've 
largely bought into. Yeah. There is always a team of people that are, that are helping you lift yourself up to success, you know, um, and, and that doesn't matter whether you're buying somebody's SaaS platform or you're, you know, you're actually going to consulting agencies or, you know, marketing agencies and leveraging their skill set, right? So, you know, don't be, don't think that you're, you're somehow not valid as an entrepreneur or you're less of an entrepreneur for leaning on other people for support. I'm a big believer that it's through the support network that we all succeed. Oh yeah. No, uh, it's one of the constant message I've been getting over the last uh, close to 50 interviews I've done so far with entrepreneurs. Every single one of them has said, have a great support network to help you build. Start, if you have to go at it alone for a certain period, but the minute you find someone that you can hire or wants to intern for you or wants to work for you to handle something, start paying them, find a deal, work either like, you know, barter the system. Like you start teaching them some of the stuff, you know, well, they do some of the work for you, you know, like figure out a system to start growing and eventually you'll get that, uh, you know, viral moment. Absolutely. Right. I mean, kind of got away from the blockchain there, but I know. No, but it's still, that's kind of like how Bitcoin exploded. So it hit a viral mass with people talking about it. And then. I mean, I mean, I mean, you know what? Yeah, it is. Right. So Bitcoin, Bitcoin, you know, has a nonprofit organization and core developers that continue to work on it because they believe on it. Even Bitcoin, Satoshi Nakamoto has speculated that he wasn't just one individual, that he was in fact a team of people. That's true. Right. Uh, and, and, uh, all of these blockchains, you know, it's not just, um, you know, just one developer in their mom's basement, you know, <laughs> hacking the mainframe, so to speak, you know, no, um, I doubt it. no, <laughs> I mean, there's, there are prodigies out there. Right. But, but, you know, for, for the 90% of us, 99% of us, because everybody in the digital world has learned that it takes teams specifically if you're working in blockchain, because there's so much data you have to do, you have to oh. use. I mean, to it's, it's really interesting as well, because it is such a niche space right now. Like it's for some context back in like 2016, 2017, there were only like 7,000 developers on the earth that could go to blockchain. Right. That's a really small pool to draw from. And most of them probably don't even speak English, you know, uh, and I, and I'm not like, you know, it's true. Like there was so much competitive. There's Rus- yeah. There's Russians have like schools that I think do it now. And China, well, China just has like 2 billion people like. Right. So, so for, for, you know, for, for context here, like, you know, if you're somebody who is potentially interested in getting in the blockchain space or wondering if you've missed the boat, like this is still really early days in terms of the adoption cycle. If we're, if we're talking about the innovators was like Satoshi Nakamoto, Vitalik Buterin, like the real, real core first batch of coins that came out there, you know, um, you you had the, the early adopters, right. Which was kind of, uh, you know, 2013 up to, up to the end of 2017, Right. And now we're going into the very first stages of the early majority, but it's not like we're moving into the late majority. Right. Uh, Facebook is still cool at this yeah, point yeah. In, in Bitcoin's life cycle. Or you know what I mean? Yeah, it's it's yeah, it's like you said, Facebook is still cool. Like it's 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 not my space. There's no one's challenged. It. It's not in its my space and my space is still practical for depending on the the group you are in, you know, like it's still forums. The old like I'm old enough to remember forums on the Internet. You know? <laughs> yeah. Like, Oh God. And like Facebook is slowly becoming like, it's not forums yet, but 
like it's bringing with groups it's kind of like a forum yeah i mean like you know the, the demographics what i'm getting at here is the demographics over time have, have entirely shifted mm-hmm. because we've entered that late majority cycle and largely facebook is kind of like i don't want to say devolving but what it is is changing it's so yeah. amorphous now that it's like you know it's, it's either kind of going to change or it's going to end up dying off because something new and something that we, the next population, which is the younger generation takes up, but it's like blockchain. As soon as the next generation or the people who are really de- love it start spreading out more, it's just mm-hmm. going to co- hit that critical mass. And it's still another 10 years, I would say. Yeah, easily. And I mean, if you think most industries move slow uh, outside of tech, uh, finance, I would say, moves even slower. Um, And what's happening right now is like finally, like a decade later, these financial institutions are looking at blockchain technology and trying to port their businesses over to that. Governments are looking at launching fiat currencies on blockchains, Um, you know, central bank coins are starting so the whole finance infrastructure is migrating over to to blockchain and so it's very likely that even if you know what i'm just gonna you say quantum computing even though it's not really the the big boogeyman here but if quantum computing came along and from a technical standpoint made blockchain blu-ray dvds and we all went straight to digital you know what i mean like uh even if that is the circumstance because of how slowly the the industry moves at large um it's very likely that blockchain is going to be here to stay for a very 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 long time Um, i i feel that blockchain is what people who grew up in the star trek generation to bring it into like social like star trek there was no money anymore like it was a currency uh free and everybody you know you knew who everybody was and it's kind of like okay blockchain can end up being that if they want you know because it shows proof of ownership it shows like we can instantaneously put money between people eventually we can work that and blockchain can be the underlying uh yeah i mean like it is it like it's it's very it's very sci-fi it's very future tech i love star trek for the record i'm a big fan of the next generation uh it's a you know what i'll be i'll be honest it'll put my nerd hat on for a second here uh, you, you're, like, you're in blockchain and you build blockchain i think it's okay to have that nerd hat on you already yeah, have that nerd hat credit i wear it i wear it proudly i like so, i like here. yeah i like picard uh over shatner because um uh because comparably they're more boring like picard <laughs> is more boring like don't get me wrong it but it, his whole pursuit is like diplomacy yeah. Right. Diplomacy first and foremost. Let's talk about this. Let's solve our problems through negotiation versus like, you know, I'm just going to punch you and like, and, and, and solve kiss my the problem. Woman next, next to me. <laughs> I kiss the it. hot alien girl next to me. Right. Like it's this, it's this move away from a male power fantasy into like a tier one society fantasy yeah. uh, of how would, how would a functional tier Equality, one society actually work? Everybody's, yeah. I, yeah. so uh, I, for, as a fan, that's why I do love Next Generation. It's that still we're everyone's equal, like we don't attack for no reason, versus um, uh, Shatner. But as a Canadian, I have to go with Shatner, and because he's from Montreal. But no, no, <laughs> I, I, I'm still like I, I love them both. Like, b- like my for as a fanboy, like Picard, uh, uh, Shatner, but. Shatner's kind of like every once in a while jumps on that line. I'm like, I, I don't like you as a Canadian anymore. 
Oh no. Yeah. But, no, you I... know, but like as I can see the love for Picard because of the the way he comes about and not this just macho-ness that toxicity yeah. sometimes can be prevailing. Absolutely. I mean it was it was such a huge contrast from sort of the uh sort of like the epitome of masculinity that um you know that uh, Shatner was portrayed as in the show versus um Patrick this, Stewart who is this like the most who is the most uh, British Frenchman I've yes. ever seen in this series? <laughs> it, it represents a Canadian. I think. I think that's why we, uh, as a as an Anglo-Canadian, I really connected with that character <laughs> on that level, um, having the English and French names, but being English, you know. So that's where I get it from. But um, Stephen, I want to thank you very much for being on the show. Um, I want to give you the next five minutes because we're coming up to the end of the show. Uh, you have up to five minutes. You don't have to take the five minutes to let my audience know where they can find you, how they can load, uh, learn more about Loy, uh, load, load, where they yeah. can find more about load. And if they want to learn more about your, you and your business that you're working with. So give me a second here to jump off screen and uh, go ahead. All right. Well, uh, let me let me start off with where you can find us, right? If you're interested in learning about digital gold and silver on the blockchain and how this is changing, um, you know, the world of payments, uh, you can head over to loadpay.com. That's L-O-D-E pay.com. And uh, you can get our mobile app and start purchasing digital gold and silver in like 30 seconds flat. It's so easy to do. Uh, you can find us on social media at load pay media, where I actually play news anchor and interview lots of really interesting characters from uh, the finance and blockchain world. Um, you can find me on Twitter at Nicholas Prouden. If you want to yell at me about all the things that I minorly got wrong on this show. Um, you know, I'm very, I'm very open for debating. Um, uh, you can find me again at, at Nicholas Prouden on Twitter. If you're interested in potentially taking a bigger stake, if you are uh, an investor who has a big long-term picture, uh, we do have equity assets available for purchase and you can find that at load.one. So L-O-D-E dot one. But I'll, I'll close, I'll close uh, with you guys on this, Phil. I do think despite all of the noise being made in the market right now and all of the sort of meme coins um, and, and sort of rambunctious behavior that takes place in the cryptocurrency market. I do think what we're witnessing right now is one of the biggest wealth generation events of our lifetime. I don't think that you're going to see this much wealth generation happen again by the time you and me are both old and gray. And if you don't have a digital strategy yet, I think it's really time to start thinking about it. And so talk to your financial advisor friends, talk to people who have been in the blockchain space. And if you're open to it, come talk to us. We're really friendly, no pressure and start getting educated because it's, it's going to be a wild ride and we want you here for it. I love that ending message. Um, Nick, I can't thank you enough. I love having great Canadians on that are sharing their passion uh, just like I am with podcasting. So Again, thank you for being on the show. I'm looking forward to watching Load. I'm probably going to get the, uh, the app because it's something that's connected to a real valuable currency, if you will. You know, it's on gold and that, and I believe in a blockchain for the future. So I'm glad I reached out with you. And uh, to my audience, if you found this interesting or you want to learn more, definitely listen to the podcast that uh, Nicholas has. Uh, have a great day and uh, thank you so much. Take care. 
guys uh i hope you do check out lloyd i have been uh it's been a lot of fun learning about this and diving into it and sharing my expertise in that facebook group again uh join the mailing list so that you can figure out uh you can learn more about uh, properly investing in both crypto as well as in the stock market uh guys i want to thank nicholas again for being an amazing guest on this and i will be reaching out to him in the future to hear more about his project guys i am of course phil better this is the investing yourself digital entrepreneur podcast if you will be so kind to follow me on instagram at podcaster phil better i'd be so gracious ladies and gentlemen have a great day and remember to invest in yourself